The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. I don't know about you, but after seeing that video, man, I feel like I should go hit the gym or, or maybe I should have some like workout gear, drink some muscle milk or something. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that because the gym is closed. YMCA is closed. But the good news is Pathways Church is open. And today we have the opportunity. In fact, I am so excited to start a brand new sermon series called Fight. What's the name of the series? We're going to talk about fight. What are we going to fight? You know what we're going to fight? We're going to fight the enemy. You know why? Because if you're a believer, a person of faith, then it doesn't take you too long to discover that the Christian life is is like a battleground and less like a playground. And the enemy, Satan himself, he's a liar, he's an accuser, he's a tempter, and he is adversarial. He is an adversary to all things God, all things good, all things beautiful, all things that are filled with truth and love and light. And do you know his plan? He sets up cunning strategies, he devises them, and he deploys them in our lives in order to take us down. But he Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ has won the victory. On the cross and through the resurrection, which we celebrated on Easter weekend, that hope is still alive. Jesus is still alive. The tomb is still empty. The church might be empty, but the tomb is empty. And the hope is real that we have won the victory in Jesus Christ. In fact, this is good news because when we get into this series about fight, here's the deal. We're not trying to fight for a victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. We're fighting from a place that Jesus Christ, the land, the region, the kingdom, he calls it the kingdom of God, comes to earth. It's been established. And so according to Ephesians 6, Paul says that we essentially stand firm. We're battle ready. We don't have to go on the offensive. Our whole strategy is simply this, to make sure that the enemy doesn't take and rob and steal the land that is ours in Jesus Christ. That means that if you're a believer today, that if your family is a family of faith, that your kids belong to God. That means that your provider is God himself, no matter what happens with your job and your finances, that God has already won the victory. So, in this series, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is I want to expose three cunning strategies that the enemy wants to deploy in our lives in order to rob us of the blessing of God and the joy of the Christian life. Today, I want to give a message titled, Step Out Of. What are we going to do? We're going to step out of what? We are going to fight isolation by stepping out of isolation. And we're going to step into, we're going to step into healing. We're going to step into relationship. We're going to step into community. Now, I want to take you to um, a man 
a man who's the subject of one of the very first miracles in the gospel of Mark. In fact, if you have a Bible or a mobile device, go with me to Mark chapter one, beginning in verse 40. Here's what we read. A man with leprosy. I'm gonna stop right there. A man with leprosy. You know why? Because this man doesn't have a name. We're not told his name, but you know what we're told about? We're told about his need. His need, his issue is leprosy. He wasn't known by his name. He was identified by his need. Sometimes in life, it just goes to show us that sometimes that we are identified more by our need, more by what's wrong with us than the name that we have been given and the potential that we can have in Jesus Christ. Is anybody here? Is anybody here what I'm saying? A man with leprosy, a man who had a need. Now, when you understand leprosy, you understand that the need was great. The need was so great that the man's name isn't even mentioned. It kind of makes me wonder sometimes how we can lose our identity because our issues can overshadow our name. It, it makes me think that perhaps the man with leprosy isn't even known to people because all they need to know is what he has, which is his issue, his physical ailment, this leprosy. Maybe they don't even know his name. Has, has this ever happened to you? That, that you lost your name in light of your need, or, or maybe, maybe it's just the opposite, that you lost your name, you lost your identity, not in your need, but in your gifts, because you so over-identified with your gifts and some talents that you had, that what you learned is that if you exercise those talents and those gifts, you could earn the praise of people, but you could lose the identity and the approval, the identity that God wants to give you. The identity that he has for you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are and what he says about you. Now, in Leviticus chapter 13, what we're going to get, we're going to see a picture of the life of this man with leprosy. Leviticus chapter 13, in fact, the book of Leviticus, man, it's not like a devotional reading. <laughs> the book of Leviticus, especially in chapter 13, it reads more like a dermatologist's report. Man, this isn't chair time reading. <laughs> this is like interesting. This is, have you ever seen the show Dr. Pimple Popper? That's what this is. Leviticus 13, let, let me show you what it says about people with leprosy. Leviticus 13, 45 says, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face, and they need to yell out. They need to say, unclean, unclean. Now, here's what's interesting. Verse 46 simply says this, as long as they have the disease, here's the consequence, they remain unclean. They must, two things, live alone and they must live outside the camp. So here's a man without a name and with a disease. Now you begin to understand the significance of this disease. 
Because it's not just simply about the physical pain. It's the social pain. It's the pain of isolation. To live alone and to live outside the camp. A man with leprosy. What does he do? A man with leprosy, back to verse 40, says this. A man with leprosy came to him. A man with leprosy. A man who did not have a name came to a man with a name. The name of Jesus. He came to a man with the name Jesus Christ. The name that is above every name. Here's what it tells us. If we can name our need, then there is a name that is above every need, every name of every need that you have, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess if you can name your need. If you can name the thing that is attacking your identity, the thing that is isolating you, then the name of Jesus, if you come to him, the man who came to Jesus, to his name, Jesus brought healing. Now, here's what's interesting. He did everything absolutely 100% incorrectly. He broke all the laws. He broke every religious law in the rule book. Number one, do you know what the man with leprosy did? He did not announce that he was coming to Jesus. He didn't say unclean, unclean. The, the second thing is he didn't stay back. See, if you had leprosy, what did the scripture say? You had to stay outside the camp. You had to live alone but he fought his isolation. He took a risk. In fact, the Talmud, which was the, the Jewish daily guidebook to living, the rabbis had the Talmud and really they instructed Jews how to live their daily life. Do you know the distance? Listen to this. Do you know the distance of how far a person with leprosy was to be removed from somebody who was clean. The unclean, the leper, had to stay away from the clean with something over half their face, like a mask, and they had to stay 72 inches away from elbow extended to the end of the middle finger. 72 inches. Do you know how far that is? That's six feet. The leper had to practice social distancing, isolate it. But the leper came to Jesus. In fact, let's read on. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. This is what he said. If you are willing, I know you can, but if you're willing, if you're not only willing, are you able? Because I know that you can make me clean. You can make me clean. Now, the leper had an advantage. He had an advantage. His advantage was that his physical pain, the spots on his skin could be seen. But for most of us, we don't have spots on our skin. For most of us, you know where we hide? We hide inside. 
Because we have spots, not on our skin, we have spots on our soul. We don't have a flesh-eating disease, we have a soul-eating disease. Something that impacts us, it isolates us, it pulls us away from other people. It pulls us away from the presence of Jesus. Do you know why? Because everything on the outside looks good. I mean, it's easy to come to church, it's easy to go outside and to be with people, but not really to be with people. It's easy to use social media, to pick up your device and to hide behind your screen and to put some image, some distorted version of who you are and never let people really, never let people really know who you are. It's easy to come home, easy to come home from work and to be at home, but not to really be at home. It's easy to be in a marriage, but not really to be in a marriage, to be really known. It takes a lot of courage. It took a lot of courage for that leper, a man with no name, to step up and to come to Jesus. It takes a lot of courage. But here's the thing. He thought to himself, I would rather die trying to be whole than to lead a half-hearted life, to be sick on the outside. And the question for you and me today, is it worth dying on the inside to be isolated, to be removed from healing, to be removed from relationships that can be loving, to be removed from Christian community that can be inspiring and encouraging? See, If you miss everything else, here's my message right here in one line. It is safer. It's safer for you to come out and to be seen than you to hide and die inside. The leper had a choice. He had a choice to come to Jesus. You have a choice. Will you come to Jesus? Will you step up and say, Jesus, I am stepping out of isolation, spiritual isolation. I am stepping out of, sometimes we're isolated in life because of our sin. Shame has a way of distancing us from God and from others. But if you want intimacy, if you want to be known, it requires proximity to be close. First, it requires you to be close to Jesus. When you're close to Jesus, listen to what Jesus does with this leper. This is exactly what he can do with you. Jesus Scripture says, was indignant. Why was he mad? He was angry at the disease. Jesus gets angry with things that try to rob us from the joy and the blessing of the Christian life. In fact, some translations say that he was moved with compassion. When you step out of isolation, Jesus doesn't come to condemn. He comes to invite, to embrace you, to bring you to a place of mercy. In fact, you are only one step away from receiving the mercy of Jesus Christ. One step away from receiving the healing that Jesus has, not for your skin, but for your soul. In fact, this is what he said. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. The story wraps up this way. It says this, immediately, say that with me, immediately, immediately the leprosy left, left him and he was cleansed. Okay, so, What does this have to do with us? Listen, today, Pathways Church, we're isolated. We're isolated. We're living 
We're, we're supposedly safer at home, and in some ways we are safer at home. But even the language that we ascribe to social distancing, I believe, is inaccurate. It's not social distancing. It's actually physical distancing. If there's a time where we have ever needed to be more socially connected, and I'm not talking about screens and devices, I'm talking with our families. I'm talking with, and you would say, well, Adam, you don't know my family because right now in my family, in my four walls, there are some things that are very, very unhealthy. Then you need to be connected to the family of faith. You need to find friends here. In fact, there are two applications to this message this weekend. If you want to step out of isolation, then you have to step into community, into relationship. It is safer for you to come out and to be seen than to hide and die inside. You can't do that in this Christian life. You can't do that with your faith. You weren't designed to do this alone. You can't do Christianity in isolation. You're called to be in community. That's why we have two steps for you. The first is simply this. Step into community. We're launching virtual small groups. We have pastors right now wanting to step up. We have people in our congregation wanting to step up so that you can step out and you can get into community. Make sure that you check that out. Take advantage of that. Why not? Join a group. Hey, listen, if it doesn't work out, you don't like the people just say, hey, it's a bad internet connection. No, I don't know. But, but you, you hear me? Like, you can't remain isolated. You have to fight isolation. The second application to this message is simply this, that we would reach out and we would get out to talk to somebody who's in need of hope and faith and love. Listen, we're living in a time, there has never been a time like this in the last 20, 30 years where we have a golden opportunity to get the gospel out. In fact, one of the things that I want to challenge you to do is simply this, is to invite somebody to be a part of what we're going to talk about next weekend in this fight series. You can do that one of two ways. Fight is really easy. You can take fight and you can invite somebody digitally. You can set up a watch party. Make sure you share the content. Also, there is a, a, a post that you can take, you can use, and you can literally cut it out, go old school, cut out a flyer, and share it with a neighbor. Put it in their mailbox. I mean, abide by the social distancing, by the physical distancing. But listen, there are people in your neighborhood right now who are so isolated and they're struggling with fear. Fear. We're going to fight fear next week. But as we close this weekend, I want to pray for you. In fact, if you would just bow your heads all across our city today and let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to people, God, that you would help us to fight isolation. God, that it would begin in our homes with our families. God, that we would spend time together, real time where we're known, where we could share what we need, what we want, how we can serve one another. God, and I pray for those of us who are here today. In fact, if you're here today, the first thing that God wants to cleanse you of is your sin. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's what we do at our church. We pray together, out loud together, if that's you today. And if you were like that leper 
who came to him, not to say that there is something wrong with your skin, but with your soul, I want you to know there's a cure. It's his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. If you wanna receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I wanna encourage you just to say this prayer with me. Let's say it together, all of us. Jesus, you see my heart and you know my life. God, I pray today that you would come and that you would cleanse me, cleanse me of all my sin, wash me, clean me. I wanna live for you. And God, I wanna step in, not only to faith, but to community. God, all I have is yours. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.